25 minutes to 9 o'clock for the first time is back for 2020. Tim Lundy is our resident hiking enthusiast. He comes on sh- on the show with us every Thursday to talk to us about the ins and outs of hiking. Of course, he takes your questions as well as your comments on anything that's hiking or outdoor related. You have any questions for Tim, give us a call 021-446-0567 or drop me a WhatsApp 072-567-1567. Happy 2020, Tim. I think it's still safe to say compliments yeah. of the season. We're still in that Absolutely. in that time frame. I've, I've heard people say it'll Easter. Well, yeah. It's in the ballpark summer. But how have you been? You must have been busy over December. Uh, towards the end, uh, very busy. Mm. Um, for about two, three weeks, very, very busy. And only too happy to take the break. Mm. Um, so I was away on a farm for two weeks just and had... Um, I only walked once. It <laughs> <laughs> must be difficult to get out of your blood. You know, going somewhere, not deciding, I want to take a walk. No, no. <laughs> no when, when as busy as I was, it was like every other day. Mm. And if you remember, I was, uh, I had that um, infection. Quite, yes. And so I was walking one day and then I was in bed the next day and then walking the next day and back in bed because I just wasn't getting any better. Um, so when it got to taking a break and actually giving my body a rest, it was, um, uh, when people say to me, what did you do? Um, just tell them 166 Sudoku puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> now, every week uh, you firstly start off your segment by giving us a recap on the, uh, uh, the rescue and safety recap. How safe have our mountains been? Yeah, there haven't been any incidents that I've heard of um, in terms of safety um, at the moment. Uh, the law enforcement guys definitely are out in force. Sandparks are definitely mm. out on the hills a lot more than they used to be, which is fantastic news. And I hope they continue to to mm. carry that on. Um, and in terms of rescue, it has been, I would say, quieter than the previous couple of years. Um, obviously, the regular you know, sprained ankle mm. or... Um, somebody come off a mountain bike or um, um, foreign couple that's got lost on the mountain that need, you know, at 8 o'clock and it's starting to get dark and the mountain's now becoming a very scary place. But besides all of those, yeah, it's been it's been relatively quiet, which mm. is, is great. This week we're focusing on the Bosman's Kloof Trail, also looking at the uh, uh, the devastation that fire causes, yeah. uh, particularly in our mountainous mountainous areas. A lot of focus is on the Australian, you know, bushfires that's gripping that country. But at the same time, we mustn't forget that this is where the Western Cape's prime um, uh, fire season. I think already there's been some smoke uh, earlier reported on on Kloof. Next, some people have been really? messaging our what line to saying they're seeing some of the U's maybe taking uh, taking off from uh, from Newlands Forest. So we also have to keep that in in cognizance yeah. that you know this is the time where the Western Cape experiences uh, its fires. But but tell us a bit about the the Bosman's Cliff Trail. So the Bosman's Cliff, I basically got introduced to it as a child, probably about thirteen years old. Um, it's a two day trail and it's a, a there and back trail. Mm. So it um, follows the old route that was going to. A road or pass that was going to go through Bosman's Clough, which was going to connect McGregor to Grayton. Mm. And they ran out of funds and it, it never went much further than um, what we now know as Eagle's Nest. Um, and you can still see the old road. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, they got a couple of hundred meters and then stopped. It mm. just, it was too, back then it would have been way too expensive to try and cut a road through. Mm. Um, so yeah, you walk through the valley and it's a 14 kilometer trek 
from the one end to the other. So what I normally do is we start at the McGregor side up on the pass at the top of the mountain on the one end of the valley. And then the next morning you spend the night and then the next morning you walk down through the valley and all the way down to McGregor and then find mm. a place in McGregor. You can either Airbnb or you can um, – there's a hotel or there's even a hostel. So we normally mm. just take the hostel because when you're hiking, it's pretty much just mm. a bed for the night. And whose auspices is, is, is this particular trail? Is it on private this property Cape, or, Cape or run by Cape and, and private property. So when you start, it's on private property. And I'm sure there's probably other private property that you're mm. going to cross over. But um, basically, Cape Nature are the ones that um, look after it and, and, and do the permits. Mm. Uh, when else were you on, on, on this particular trail? So I was on this trail probably about three years ago. Mm. And um, I, I basically saw... Um, the, the changes that have been made as mm. you start and one of the buildings is known as Eagle's Nest which is this mm. fabulous two-story um, cottage that overlooks the whole valley mm. and um, yeah so I, I did it two years ago with a group and uh, it actually rained the night before quite heavily so we had to do emergency river crossings so that was a bit of a challenge right. but um, yeah, you walk the 14 k's there and then you come back the next day and it's quite a quite a tough climb to get out of the cliff. Mm. And and this is one of the areas that has been negatively affected by some fires, you know, in, in, in recent memory. Um, Eagle's Nest, I know, has been affected by yeah. the, the fire and, and a little bit later we're going to be speaking to Yapi Urstazen, who is the uh, the owner of Eagle's Nest, just to to hear from him how he experienced that uh, situation. But but what impact has that fire had on the, the trail? Well, so I, I phoned Cape Nature today um, to find out exactly what they know about it because I, I'd been there two weeks ago. I went to go and show my wife this beautiful eagle's nest in this lovely valley of Bosman's Cliff and got there. And little did I know that a week beforehand this fire had come through and absolutely devastated everything. Mm. I mean, they, everything was just black. There was very little that wasn't um, wasn't burned. Um. Yeah, so it's uh, just a very, very sad story to, to see how this has happened. And Cape Nature have basically said at this point they still need to assess the damage mm. um, on the trail. And I never really thought about it like that. When they, when they told me, they just said, look, we can't send people in there um, because it's a liability kind of issue. Mm. We need to go and assess how much repair work needs to be done. Not like repair work, but it's a trail. It's a, mm. But then he said, well, you know, when you put the, the log logs across for steps. There's a reason why and you've those got, logs are you've there. Got, yeah, the logs are there to maintain. <clears throat> and you've got two pegs, metal pegs. Mm. Now, that wooden um, stake or the, the, the pole burns away. Mm. And you're now left with two very sharp pieces yeah. of metal sticking out of the ground. So those are hazard just mm. on their own. Your directional arrows and stuff, that all, all those Signs often are made with and also wood the, and they're the, gone. the integrity of, of, of the actual pathway in terms of the disintegration exactly. of rocks that it, it could be very unstable underfoot. So they need to send people in there to go and assess how bad it is because mm. in, on very steep ground we've got winter coming up, and that steep ground, if there's nothing holding it in place at the time of winter, it's it's super dangerous because if we have heavy rains, it's going to end up washing. Mm. That mountainside down. Oh, is is the, the warnings 
post uh, a major fire here in the in, in in the Cape Town area, if we had our last major fire, say for example on the Table Mountain uh, range, is there a cooling off period where uh, sandparks and rangers actually put out a warning and say no walking in this particular area? So sandparks do, um, and they did one recently when we had the fires um, on the Twelve Apostles, and it went over to Myburg's Waterfall Ravine, and at the top it had burnt very, very steep ground, and they put signs at the bottom. Unfortunately, there are those people that believe that you can't tell them what to do or where to go, and they're going to go there anywhere. It's not about telling people where they can go and what they can do and how they can do it. Sam Parks and Cape Nature, for that matter, mm. are doing it for our safety. Mm. Um, they thinking in terms of the danger factor of, you know, often after fires, the, the pathways can become very, there's just nothing holding them mm. above and below the path. So they do it because they're trying to look after us, not mm. trying to punish us. It is Thursday night, it's after half past eight, that means it's hiking with Tim Lundy. Tim, of course, is in studio with us, he takes your calls, your comments on everything that's hiking related, so if you have a call or a question, give us a, uh, you can pick up your phone, 021-446-0567, or drop us that WhatsApp, 072-567-1567, I see there's a few WhatsApp voice notes that have already come through, we'll try and touch that uh, towards the uh, end of this half hour, but as we said earlier, lots and lots of images coming through of those wildfires out in Australia. Devastation everywhere you look. The look on people's faces, seeing their, their homes and their, their livelihoods destroyed. But we must not forget that here in the Western Cape, this is currently our fire season. This is currently when people living, particularly in our mountainous areas, who have their livelihoods, their work, their homes in those areas, also get negatively affected. Joining us on the line is uh, Yapi Worstays and he's the owner of Eagle's Nest. He's uh, property, his family, home, as well as the essentially the entire business destroyed by that fire there a few weeks ago the, along that Bosman's Clough Trail there close to McGregor. Yapi, thanks so much for coming on air with us. Oh, thank you very much. Yapi, uh, just how badly were you affected by that fire? You see, uh, 75% of my farm, I'm farming with Proteas, Feinbos, and they've destroyed 75% of that. That's my big income. And then, yeah, my eagle's nest, our guest house, was destroyed by the fire. Uh, totally destroyed, totally. Mm-hmm. Nothing left. Uh, my dad has built a house with three people with his own, own hands wow. on the age of 71 he's starting to build the building mm. and uh, yeah he started at uh, 1998 and finished it in December 2000 uh, Yapi when, when you in a situation like that and yes obviously your life comes first your safety comes first but yes. When you see your entire livelihood and you start making these these very quick decisions in your head of what you grab first, what you do, what what do you think about when you see your your property, your livelihood, your your farm, your proteas, you know, set alight the 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 farmhouse eagles nest set alight. What goes through your mind? 
Uh, yeah, I, the first thing was my son and three of the workers tried to save the house Eagle's Nest. And they fight till the last when the, uh, the fire was too hot and they leave the place. And yeah, I, we have think that was safe, but after that, uh, after an hour and a half, it was totally destroyed by the fire. Mm. And yeah, and Eagle's Nest is, 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 is in that three years of drought, it's helped us financially uh, to survive. Mm. Um, yeah, now it's destroyed totally. totally. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, and my dad has built it with his own hands mm. with the three guys. He started in 1998 and finished at 2000. Mm. And he passed away in August last year wow. on the age of 93. Uh, Yapi, living in, living in the, particularly the southwestern Cape, where it is known for its summer fires, um, it is mm. known for its very, very dry summers, uh, dry yes. Decembers, Januarys, where the risk of fire is always in the back of your mind. How do you even start preparing for something like this? Oh, you see, we, we try to save our property and, we know the last three years, I, I know that it's very risky uh, for fires in, in the mountains. So, yeah, we, we, we try to save our places, making uh, roads ahead, uh, around the, uh, the, mm. the, the property, and yeah. Well, you, you, we are speaking to Yapi Oosthuis, and he's the owner of uh, Eagles Nest and an unverwacht flora. It's a farm that farms a protea, proteas in the Greaton area. A few weeks ago, that particular building, as well as seventy-five percent of Yapi's uh, protea farm, devastated in a fire in that area. Um, Yapi, obviously. Proteas and the and the agricultural in- industry quite big. That was your primary, you know, source of livelihood. Your primary business. Seventy five percent of That's your proteas uh, yeah. destroyed. How do you even start to rebuild from that? Knowing you know the life cycle of 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 etc. It's it's very small comfort that you know these things regrow. But but how do you start to to rebuild from from a from a devastating fire like this? You see, we, we must try again to plant new uh, plants and, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, we are trying to rebuild Eagle's Nest. Well, yes. I don't know where the money is coming from, but we will we'll try to build it again. But, yeah, that, that's difficult. Uh, yeah, in that but time of the drought, it's not easy. Yeah, so Yapi, let me step in here. This is where um, yesterday on Facebook I saw somebody had posted um, well, okay. a back a buddy, which well, I thought was okay. a fantastic, fantastic thing yeah. to to try and help you guys out. And I just I really hope that okay. um, we can get, you know, you can be able to get to the point where you can rebuild Eagle's Nest mm. to its yeah, full yeah, glory. I, yeah, we we must rebuild it. It is. That's so uh, important for us, yeah. that, that building, which was uh, built by my father, you see, and 
uh, yeah, we, we are going to try again. Uh, Yapi, what, what was the... I, I appreciate it, yeah. No, we, we'll, we'll give some of those details um, uh, towards the end of, of this particular segment. But, but Yapi, what, what has been some of the reaction from some of the people who would frequent that area, who would be using the trails there, um, you know, familiar with the walks, familiar with Eagles Nest? What, what was their reaction when they heard of the fire <clears> there? You see, uh, Eagles Nest was booked out for... So, it was, Eagles Nest was very popular mm. because I that's on the end uh, of the trail between McGregor and Grayton. Uh, Eagles Nest is on McGregor side of the mountain. And now the, the thing is, when it burned down, we must give everyone's uh, money back, deposit back. Money back, yeah. Wow. We must give it back. And yeah, and at, at uh, Unverwacht last weekend, the, the people come there and say that the next morning I want my money back wow. because why it's black. I can totally it's understand black. that. Um, it's, it's, we, 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 it's black. Wow. So it has essentially devastated your business, devastated your income. Definitely, definitely. Uh, wow. Yeah, and that's now for six uh, a year before we rebuilt uh, Eagle's Nest. And yeah, everyone is cancelled at the accommodation at Onverwacht. Well, I think, yeah, if we can... As as, as I say, we must give everyone at Eagle's Nest money back for six months. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, I mean, right now is the time for rebuilding and and starting again. And um, I think we've got to be positive of the fact that the vegetation will come back. Um, Thank you very much. Hopefully all your vegetation and, and your, your proteas and stuff will all start to regrow again. And okay. that this backer buddy is going to be able to actually help rebuild um, Eagle's Nest and get you guys back mm. to where you need to be. Because Thank it's you not, very much. The thing is, for me as well, it's not just you guys. It, it's all your lab, labor force and the people that work on your farm as well that are also that, being affected by that, all of this. That, that, that's right. Uh, ten of my guys have got not uh, had not got worked uh, next year for five six years. Yeah. Mm. One of the ladies is working in Eagle's Nest. So it's it's a she group, lost her work. Yeah. It's a group of yeah. people that are being affected by this, not just um, mm. yourself and your wife and and your family. That, it's it's other families right, that yeah. are also being affected. Yapi, all the best, and I hope that that okay. rebuild will start soon. Yapi always stays in there, the owner of Eagle's Nest. If you want to contribute to the Backer Buddy campaign to help uh, uh, put uh, the Ustays and family back on their feet, you can go to www.backerbuddy.co.za forward slash unverwacht. Flora. We can maybe just uh, um, Google search Backer Buddy and Eagle's Nest and this particular Backer Buddy page. It, it really is dev- devastating, is it? Yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's very sad. And I mean, as I say, it's not it's just not Yopi and his wife. It's a whole bunch of people that are being affected by this. Um, people that he supports and, and gives jobs to that are, are all affected by this and, and their kids. And so... Yeah, I mean, he's the voice for it, but there's a whole mm. bunch of people that are being affected by it. And that, mm. yeah, I just feel desperate for them yeah. because, you know, I, I, I drove up there. I went and go have a look at it, and it literally looks like the surface of the moon now. Um, not to say that it won't, it'll look like that forever and ever. It, as I say, it's now, it's now rebuild time, and, and that vegetation is going to start mm. to grow back. And um, we'll get there. Yeah. They'll get there. 
um, I just hope that people can can help out even in the smallest mm. amount just to try and get this mm. this family and and their workforce and the farm um, mm. back to where it needs to be. Well, we're quickly like we're quickly running out of time on this half hour, but we have a few questions that have come in for you, Tim. Yeah. If you have any questions or comments for Tim on hiking in general in Cape Town in the Western Cape, oh seven two five six seven one five six seven, or call us oh two one four four six zero five six seven. Let's go to the first one. Good evening, gentlemen. A question is, where can I find routes on Table Mountain? What website or what link is there where I can go and find all these routes and go and run them? Um, I take up a running crew on a Wednesday morning at uh, 5.45 at and I want to be able to go up and run different routes. Um, so where can I find the routes? Thank you. Yeah, I would say one of the best places that you can... Um, Get is a map from Slingsby. They've got all the routes and all the, the areas. And you know, once you start running a lot of these routes, you become familiar with them and so you won't need that map anymore. Um, but also running clubs, um, they'll, you know, the, the trail running clubs, mm. they'll be able to help out. Um, internet, there's lots of places mm. that you can, can search, but sometimes internet's not so accurate. Mm. Slingsby is up to date. Um, the routes are there. And um, yeah, I'll go out and explore and enjoy. There are, there are plenty of characters that go up and down the mountain every day. A, a colleague of mine said to him that she wants to know there's a gentleman with dreadlocks who goes up Platterclough every day or every time she's been up. He runs up and down. And I don't yes. know if you, you know who the gentleman I, is. I have, I have run, I haven't well, run past me. He I, ran past me. I will tell Janice <laughs> that, that he is identifiable. <laughs> uh, but there are plenty of characters who go up almost every single day up and down Table Mountain. But I think we have time for one more question. Good evening, listener. One of the most important things if we're going to go hiking in summer is a reliable snake bite kit and know how to handle a snake bite kit if a person gets bitten by a snake and to identify which type of snake. And in the ideal first aid kit, Good evening, listener. One of the most important things if we're going to go hiking in summer is a reliable snake bite kit and know how to handle a snake bite kit if a person gets bitten by a snake and to identify which type of snake. And in the ideal first aid kit that you need to sort out, you need sunscreen, you need alcohol swipes, you need plasters, you need bandages. But one of the things that are not looked at from the perspective from women's side is tampons. And when you're going, please, as a request, wear the right underwear because if there's one thing that's going to happen, you, the wrong underwear you're going to chafe with a perspiration and when you start chafing, when you're walking on a hot day with perspiration, it is the most uncomfortable skin irritation to have. Frederick Strand. Uh, that is something I've never thought about before. Underwear. The proper underwear, and it makes I've so much mistake. sense. Look, it's, I, I don't think it's advisable thinking about it now to go in with like some silky boxes underneath your, yeah. you know, your hiking shorts. I've made that mistake on oh, the trail. No. <laughs> I was walking like John Wayne by the time I got to the end. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's a picture for you. No, please get it out of my mind. But, <laughs> but one thing that we have literally a minute left and, uh, something that just hit my mind now is mm. that post fire, there are still, you know, wild animals that maybe have come out of hiding, particularly snakes, yeah. uh, in, in these areas. How, how vigilant should you be after area that has, you know, fire swept through to be on the lookout for particularly snakes in those Look, areas? Look, snakes are going to be a lot easier to, to actually spot because everything's black. Um, for the first couple of weeks until the new growth starts to come through. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these creatures don't actually make it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we talk about fires and how it burns the vegetation. I was talking to somebody when I was on the mountain today about it's not just the fire. It's the, the flies that are feeding off the, mm-hmm. the plants. It's the lizards that are feeding off the flies. It's the birds. I and mean, there's nothing worse than going into an area like that. And, I mean, I, you know, when I was at this farm, I saw it. There was a bird of prey circling, and you just feel so helpless for them because there's nothing left.